which means you're without blame. There's nothing wrong in you or with you. You don't have to apologize. You don't make mistakes. You always have our best interests at heart. And we love you for that. And we thank you for it. So I ask you to touch every mind and every heart today. And open us up to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today I thought I'd talk to you about chasing donkeys. Amen. Chasing donkeys. (laughs) Chasing donkeys, yes. (laughs) they're all interesting (laughs) praise God Um, that term the meeting will unfold to you as we go through the scripture but if you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9 praise the Lord yeah <laughs> Daryl, no, you know better than don't you? <laughs> I can out preach screaming babies, <laughs> everything. So anyway, all right. So in the in First Samuel chapter nine, <clears throat> we'll see where that term originates. Um, it was says here there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. The son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherah, the son of Aphia, the Benjamite, a mighty man of valor and wealth. So I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. So uh, I have a lot to read. So sometimes I'll get a more literal translation to help with that. So it says, Kish had a son named Saul, a choice young man and handsome. Among all the Israelites, there was not a man more handsome than he. He was a head taller than any of the people. The donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. Kish said to Saul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. And they passed through the hill country of Ephraim in the land of Shalashah, but did not find them. Then they went through the land of Shalim, the land of Benjamin, but did not find them. So anyway, we see here a picture Of an assignment given to a young man by his father. Saul's family was wealthy. Uh, When it says his father was a man of valor. It means that he was a warrior type of man. And we all know the story of the tribe of Benjamin. We know their prophecy from from the book of Genesis. uh, That they would be a warrior people. A tribe of Benjamin had chosen as their weapon of choice a slingshot. Could you imagine that? That's like a gun back then. You understand what I'm saying? The way they could execute it. They practiced for hours how to execute uh, the slingshot. They were uh, good warriors in the area of of, um, surprise attacks against their enemies. And this was their their uh, gift this was their skill they developed this from a gift to a skill Uh, there's a difference folks God gives everybody gifts but it's the training and development of them that makes the difference whether it comes as a skill or not and whether your gift makes room for you how you develop your gift is what really makes room for you and so we have here a, a family that has developed a great deal of wealth based on their skill as warriors, uh, based on their skill uh, in, in, the, uh, in developing the land that was allotted to them by God. <clears throat> so it's up to us what we do with what we're given. And so Saul comes from a family that is a wealthy family. So... <clears throat> 
Saul is living a, a pretty much basic life. Uh, it's a life of privilege, but it's not really what you would call a charmed life because he does have responsibilities to do. We're not sure why the dad sends him on this errand, but we believe God is in it. I think God is in all families, all of the uh, 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 families that were called of God in the nation of Israel. They worshiped God, and so God's sovereign hand was a part of everyday life with these individuals. But then there was the mundane and the routine aspects of life. So, and I think the character of a person is developed in the mundane and the routine. It's not developed in the exciting. If you don't have a, a good grasp on how to live with the routine and mundane things, you'll never get to the to success, I would say, in the exciting things. You'll have to do something illegal, immoral, or stupid in order to get excitement in your life if you don't know how to handle the routine aspects of it. But they were a tribe called by God. Whenever you are called by God, God's unseen hand is at work. I don't care how boring, dull, and routine your life is going to get. And so it's, it's just that way. So in verse 4, we see all the different places that they went to looking for these donkeys donkeys are kind of hard to pin down because they're uh, stubborn and elusive and so sometimes our lives are that way you know there's tedium there's boredom there's stubbornness elusiveness you know sometimes you're working hard to get ahead in your finances and you find out your ends don't meet they don't even get close and wave at each other and so here we are going back through the routine of doing the basic things that we know to do and, and it's not getting anywhere plus these donkeys every time they get to a, a place and think they're going to find them there they find the donkeys moved and so we'll find that sometimes in life sometimes you're trying to pin certain things down <clears throat> And they get up and move on you. You know, I know there are people, young people especially, you know, they're waiting for that person to connect with so that they can, what they call, begin life. And, you know, married people are trying to flag them down all the time. You know, hey. <laughs> you know, every all kind of signals, you know, trying to warn them. It's going to be routine, boring, and average when you, you know, cross that threshold. You immediately step into. I said, I told you, I told you, it's going to look like me and all other married people sitting up around here. <laughs> but anyway, but that's life, amen. That's part of life. Chasing donkeys really refers to living what we believe is a a routine kind of boring, average life, while you're waiting for something great to happen. Keeping up with a daily routine ad nauseum. That means that, you know, until you just get tired of it and just have to tell yourself it's worth it. You're working towards something going on and on with that. <clears throat> Chasing donkeys means that you're not sure if you're really significant. Sometimes it dawns on you. What have I done with my life? Where am I going with this? And, and so there's a time of reflection in that. Talks about doing our duty. What we're commanded to do, what we're expected to do, meeting the expectations of other people. This type of life is almost void of excitement and expression. 
it's almost robotic for some people you know the same routine over and over every day the only reason your routine changes sometimes is it is a different semester a different school year it kind of revolves around what your children are doing after you're you're married and so these are are things that it's the the tedium the everydayness of life that we're talking about when we when in this concept every now and then something exciting may occur you know, you'll get news of something that's going on or, or something different is happening at your job. Uh, any of those things may break that, the, the mental uh, effect of this type of lifestyle on you. But for the most part, it's just uh, developing you in a, a stable kind of life routine, I think. Words like dependable, stable, trustworthy come to mind when we talk about uh, this concept a person may begin to doubt their significance when these things happen <clears throat> you go from job here right there you go from job to family to sleep to job to family to sleep to job to family to sleep and so nothing really changes very much in the life of a believer we can can usually go to god when we find ourselves kind of getting that lethargy on us or getting that uh, grumpiness on the inside and, and we can put ourselves in check you know the bible tells you to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith see if you're holding on to god see if you're being encouraged you're being a self-encourager etc etc there's a lot of help for the believer to make it through these routine situations and because God is with us at all times he's there sometimes very far behind the scenes as we go through our daily routine but we know he's with us people in the world don't really have that advantage and so people in the world sometimes you'll see them get involved in something wrong they'll they'll get a little extra money and start partying with the wrong kind of people taking drugs get involved in adultery all those things that would cause a person to stray as you are being faithful in your routine and so God has purpose for the donkey chasing phase of our lives his purpose for that many times we'll get involved in something uh, that breaks that cycle a little bit that takes us to a higher level in God that provides a little more excitement for us but then we have to come back down to the routine aspects of life etc etc but these times are extremely important don't ever despise the day of small things. Don't ever despise the time of working out your, your obedience, your faithfulness, your stability. All of those things. Don't ever uh, uh, think that that is for nothing because it is for something. So for the believer, there is a different purpose here. Because God is at work all the time. He is here all the time. And he has a plan for us that includes greatness because God is great. See, there's a plan for greatness in everything that we're commanded by God to do. But for now, we have to uh, busy ourselves or engage ourselves in the life of the routine, of the being obedient to authority over us, uh, whether it's church authority, whether it's family authority, uh, whatever the authority is, if it's a boss or a job assignment, uh, we have to content ourselves with that while we are 
<coughs> allowing God to develop us. And I think it's important for us to remember these things because if you're not careful, you'll get bitter in these times. You'll say to yourself, well, why am I doing this? This, uh, this never gets any better. Is it ever going to happen that, you know, so forth and so on. And so we have to understand that there's an unseen God with an unseen purpose for us in these times and and faith is what is going to take you to the next level in this you have to have confidence in God that this is not for naught when he saved you he saved you with a purpose in mind and sometimes we we diminish the importance of our purpose you know we don't see that as great because we're always kind of like on the outside looking in we never see ourselves as really a part of anything and anything great and so the more you can keep your routine of chasing the donkeys the more you can see the real purpose and see yourself as a part of something greater than what you seem to be involved in right now so Saul chases these donkeys from one place to another so sometimes uh, greatness is elusive you know we think we're right on the precipice of something wonderful and marvelous because our faith sometimes will get us excited about something maybe it's something you're praying for or something that you're you're sowing your faith into and and you're you're just on the verge of it but then it doesn't happen and so you have to go right back to the routine again and so it's the same thing Saul experienced here in verse 4 he's chasing them from one town to the next verse 5 said when they came to the land of Zuf Saul finally said to his servant uh I'm not doing this more more <laughs> make sure you skip verse 5 okay make sure you skip verse 5 because when you think about it Saul's gone probably as far as he's ever gone in his life being obedient to his dad he takes the dad tells him take along with you a servant that means somebody who is under his dad's authority but on a stricter level so you got to understand this on the road to greatness God will couple you with somebody who has greater discipline than you hmm greater understanding than you greater ability to withstand the challenges than you see when you're coupled with somebody who's strong or somebody who's greater you should consider that a privilege because God sees something very very valuable in you and he doesn't want to see it go to waste he doesn't want to see it slip and so many times we'll amen Amen. See, many times we'll look at leadership people as being mean. They don't like me. People are always in their soul with things. You know, you have to get over in the realm of the spirit and in the word uh, with these situations and look at look at the great ones because everybody wants to. There's somebody in you that at least wants to have a little bit of greatness. You understand what I'm saying? You want to do great things. You you know that God is a great God. You know that there's great potential in us. Because if nothing else, because of the message that we carry. Man, that's right. So you know that there's potential. You Somebody's eternal fate hangs in the balance and you're the answer. Amen. But God can't send us everywhere if we don't chase the donkeys and find them. It can't be faithful chasing the donkeys. You got me? Be careful. Be faithful with the elusive, tedium, 
that kind of stuff because if you're not disciplined in that respect God can never anoint you and put real power on you to send you to the places where people are crying out where they need God you see what I'm saying that's an important job folks that's a big job is to be faithful with that <clears throat> and so if we can't be faithful in the boring routine if it's got to be exciting to our souls every five minutes uh, we're not going to be much much help for him when when you know it comes down to something that's really eternally life and death for people and so here we see in verse five when they came to the land of Zuth I guess Saul said now listen I've been walking from this town to that town to that town to that town and I've had enough okay he's a wealthy man's son he's probably not you know I got dirt in my shoe you know all it. you know how we diva out sometimes and men are worse than women so don't look at me like that's all only a woman thing you know my late husband we were married almost 30 years and listen that was a high maintenance brother I'm telling y'all talk about diva I got most of my stuff from him Well, he's not here to defend himself, so we just, we just move on. I say anything I want to, Doc. You know, <laughs> you know high maintenance. I remember <clears throat> very, very early in our marriage, I was uh, I went to beauty school. I just got so sick of nursing. I got sick of sick people. I got sick of. I said, ah, maybe I'll try this. I was always trying something. You know, when God's calling you. You try everything. You exhaust everything in, that the world has to offer pretty much because you're looking for something that's not been revealed to you yet. But anyway, I remember he was always my best customer. I could buff his nails and, you know, do everything. And, you know, I wound up being his, his barber for the rest of his life. I mean, that brother was high maintenance, folks. Oh, yeah. And so we have to... <laughs> how'd I get over on that? But, but <laughs> Saul... Saul, yeah, I was attempting. Yeah, I better have a drink of water. But <laughs> but Saul was that kind of guy, you know. He's he's a, a privileged person. He's on a mission. We don't know why his father told him to do this. We know God's in it, though. See, this is the thing: the people that God puts over you in your life will tell you to do things that don't compute in your brain. The less they compute, the more obedient you need to be to it. If it's off the grid somewhere, it takes you into a, a different territory in your mind, you need to obey it. Because God is busting you out of your routine and putting you over into a different realm. It's like the prophet told the servant, he said, I he said, I see a, a uh, he said, I smell the abundance of rain. It had been a drought for what? How many was it? Three year drought that they had gone through? It was coming to an end. And, and the prophet all of a sudden hears something. And he tells the servant to go look for it. The servant comes back. I don't see nothing. It's like, this is like Rachel, you know, my niece. She's uh, going, Rachel, go look in the refrigerator and get some. She comes back in two seconds. I don't see it. I said, well, you have to look, number one. If you don't see it right on the front, then move some things out of the way, number two. So seeing takes effort. It takes effort to see, folks. It's not just coming to you. Seeing 
involves seeking. You got me? It just doesn't come visible to you. Especially seeing the things that God has. It involves effort on your part. It involves looking past what you see in the natural. It involves faith to continue to pursue. If God says it's there, it's there. How long did it take for that servant's will to break? Seven times. He came back six times not seeing anything. Every time he came back and said he didn't see it, the prophet told him, go look again. It's there. You got to go look again. He was looking for something wonderful and big and glorious. But he said he finally saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. You got me? If it's the size of a man's hand, honey, it's going to get bigger. You got me? It's going to get bigger. We're looking for things in, in full form and they come in seed form when God sends the first time. Now people who, who God puts over you in the Lord and people in leadership can see it when it's real small. They can see it before you can see it. They see it when it's buried, barely developed. But extracting it through the, the veil of the flesh and through the stubborn will. Let's go chase some donkeys. Uh, see in a way Saul's chasing somebody just like himself. Stubborn against the will of God. That's very significant for him. That's very, that's very uh, revel revelatory in his life. So he's chasing somebody just like him. That's, that is a picture of how God feels about Saul. You see. I'm trying to pin you down. You keep moving from place to place. Being elusive etc. etc. And so if I can pin you down. And get you disciplined. Then I can finally anoint you and use you. It's what God's looking for. He's looking for people who will continue to chase the donkeys until he can pin them down and get them disciplined to see what he wants them to see, to hear what he wants them to hear, to get revelation the way God wants them to get it so that he can use them. He's working on all of us like this all of the time. There's not a time in your life, your daily routine when you get up. God's trying to put you in a place where you can stay close to him and attentive to him. And understanding what he wants out of your life. So that he can finally pin you down and, and place power upon you. So that you can make a difference. He doesn't empower undisciplined people he doesn't empower disobedient people he's not as in love with you as your parents are or whoever is telling you you don't have to do certain things so here's Saul's you know he quit verse 5 he took him three verses to quit huh they came to the land of Zuph. He said to the servant, come, let us return. I want to go back home. I'm tired of sleeping on this rock at night. I want my bed. I want my this. I want my that. All these comforts. We get tested more in the area of comfort than we do anything. We do. We're tested in that area. Sometimes you think you pass the test and you come to a point in your life, you get tested again, you flunk. <laughs> miserably 
I remember back in the early days. We now we got old enough in the ministry now, where me, Chuck, and Pastor Shirley and some more old timers will sit around and talk about that. Remember back in the day when we do so and so. They were. I heard Shirley talking to Clydell yesterday. Miss Clydell, you remember we used to stay up all night, me and Chuck, would we be nodding off, and you still be walking around talking to everybody. <laughs> Somebody's wound up, and somebody laying down. Well, as long as we've been on the road, we have people now who go back to square one. They they don't like the hotel, and they this ain't nice, and that ain't all this kind of nonsense. See, you get in these tests, and you think you passed them years ago, and you flunk miserably, and God shows you in a way that you don't want to see. That's why things haven't moved along for you like that. You think that ain't important, honey? It's very important to God. You ask these people who go to foreign nations and and preach to millions of people. They could care less where they stay. The day they start caring is the day they lose it. And they know it. So if you want to hold on to it, you better not care about things like comfort. You got me? And so it's just true. You know, I, I was telling the Dillards, I remember when we used to. I said, remember we used to go dorm style and Tony and Howard were roommates and oh boy, you could, (laughs) this is a bunch of stories about that. But those were, were fun days. Those were the days you didn't care how you went. You just had to go to that meeting so you could learn more about God, so you could be effective for God. You gotta keep that up. That's, those are the days of chasing the donkeys and we still gotta do that. And so when you start letting that slip in your life, you gotta hold on to everything God gives you. You got to hold on to that desire to whatever you tell me, God, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do it no matter what you say. You know, people who can't do those things tend to peter out quickly. Uh, You watch, you know, watch your friends that, you know, nothing was ever good enough for them. They always had a complaint about something. You see, they fizzle out. They drop like flies. But you just have to keep with your mundane routine for God. They'll even try to get you to quit. What do you mean you you got to go to church on Sunday? I mean, on Saturday. You know, this, you got to go out of town for this and out of town. They make you do that, make you do this. You know, the devil's always trying to discourage you from staying with the routine that, that's necessary. So here we see Saul. He's got some quit in him. You got me? That That thing is, if that remains there, that's going to be a downfall for him. We've all got them, folks. Some of the great ones have that quit thing in them. There's a limit to what they're going to do under obedience. See? There's a limit to what they're going to do in the routine. There's a limit. They want to see something from God first before they'll get up and do something. You got me? And, and, and it's true. I mean, we all have that. You know, that's what keeps you from getting in that prayer routine you know you need to get into or getting into that reading the word routine. You know, you, um, God, I've done this long enough. I want to, what, if, if I do this, what's it going to mean for me? <laughs> if I do this, are you going to do that for me? That kind of thing. And so this is, this is the way it is. This is the way human beings are. And that's why God just gives us more of the routine chasing donkeys to make sure that we break, get broken of that stuff. Because he can't use it. He can't use it. If you quit in the non-pressure situation, what are you going to do in the pressure? See? You know, it's just true. 
So the, the decision to give up in Saul is there. He's been reserving this. He probably made up his mind when he left. He said, if we don't find them donkeys in a couple of days, I'm coming back home. You understand what I'm saying? I want my bed. I want my servants, etc. <clears throat> so he comes to the land of Zuff. He says, uh, he said, come on now. Let's go back. He says, uh, and this is the way he puts it. Now see, you see, Saul is a political guy. Got me? Politicians learn how to make excuses and make you tolerate everything. That any something that really turns you off that you really thought was wrong, a politician can get you to accept it. You know, a good one can. Look at what we tolerate: abortion. When that came down, who knew the Supreme Court would say that would be okay? Way back when they did. So that was a a curveball that was thrown us. And so the politicians are are fixing it up to make us. You know, everybody's fixing it fixing it up to make it sound like it's okay to do. Got me. That's that's they're artful at that. So he says, come let us go back. Lest my father stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. I, I'm not really wanting to stop. Now let's get this straight. I want to keep going. But I don't want my dad to be upset and think something's happened to me. So I, you know, I got to get home or daddy's going to be upset. See, people who don't want to be responsible always can blame it on somebody. I'm being concerned for you. I'm being, this is for you. This is not for me. This is for, hmm? yeah, so this is what he does. This is what he's skillful at. And sometimes you will find that in people who, who rely on their privileges in life. See, he's 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 artful and skillful at making excuses for not being responsible. He doesn't want the responsibility of finding some lost donkeys and bringing them home. He care less if they may not be able to find food or might have fallen sick or ill or something like that. He could care less about the condition of those donkeys. It's just he wants to go home. He's turning back. The Bible says that if you set your hand to the plow. And you look back, God says, my soul has no delight in you. You got me? And so when we're hired by God to do something, I don't care if it's routine and boring. You got me? You keep going with that. You do it as long as God says to do it. <clears throat> Oftentimes when this happens with people, I would say church people in our day and age, when they get bored and they get tired, they start looking for prophetic meetings to come to. See, this is when you get the prophecy that says, uh, this is your season for change. This is, you, you know, this is, this, you're in transition, you know. We like to hear that. You're in a shifting. God's shifting some things. And we want to hear it's going to change. Then God wants to tell us to stick with the routine. Huh? We get excited about them kind of words. Oh, it's shifting now. I can feel a shifting in the spirit. I can feel a shifting here and everything's shifting. But you better go home and find them donkeys. I'm going to tell you that much because they're still out there somewhere. And they're your responsibility. Sometimes people want to get out from under authority in their church. You know, and they want a shift to happen so they can get out on their own or do something. You know what I'm saying. People uh, people have ideas all the time. Amen. I've never seen so many apostles and prophets in my life. 
I remember back in the day when we started, you didn't tell anybody you were a prophet. You just went somewhere and sat in a church and hoped they didn't see you were anointed. You got me? And hope God didn't give you something to say to anybody, lest the cat be out of the bag. But now everybody's assuming a title. You got me? Instead of doing the work. Chasing donkeys might be praying for people in your family to get saved. You're sick of them. You're sick of them being heathen. So now you want to drop that and go on to something that's more fun. Mm -hmm. It might be making sure that you pray for all the collateral damage in your life. People that we've divorced and walked off. I've never seen so much collateral damage among God's people. Now them souls need to be gathered up and prayed for. My goodness. There's a lot that we drop trying to get away from the routine in Christ. And the routine is really what pleases God. It pleases him to see that we care about everything that we're assigned to. That we'll follow. That's faithfulness. He's faithful. He wants us to be faithful. We're supposed to be just like he is in the world. And so this business of you know looking for prophecy. So you can say you're shifting and transitioning. And all this kind of stuff. Stop looking for that. Stop looking for that. You know people who are bored. Go up and get something like that. And run back to their seat real excited. Sometimes it's God, sometimes it's, you know, just not. Sometimes you just need to stay where you are and believe God for whatever he's put in your heart. He's working on it. He's he works all the time. And he's faithful. He's not he he's not for shortchanging anybody of anything. He's for blessing his people. We're always looking for something to break the boredom. <laughs> Amen. And what we need to do to break it is just change our attitude about it. That's where you need to ask God for help. God, give me help to hold on. Hold on in joy. Hold on till you come. Hold on to whatever it is you need to hold on to. Or just hold on, period, and not let go. Amen. <laughs> Many times we want to create something for ourselves. Amen. Then to trust God for it and seek God for it. <clears throat> So Saul wants to give up here. He's a master politician. He says they need to quit so his dad won't worry about him. See if he can get the servant to agree with him. So they, you know, Saul's afraid to go back by himself. He, that's not how he rolls. He rolls with a servant. You know, that's the one thing God, God can use there. You know, you see it many times in the life of some of these people that have to make big decisions. The servant is always the one God will speak through to give them wisdom. So this servant really becomes more of an authority figure for Saul after they get out on the road. And that's what you need many times. Sometimes you just need somebody with the voice of God's authority to speak to you and tell you what you're going through is normal for people who are in God's kingdom. But God is still with you. It doesn't have to be exciting all the time. It doesn't mean God's given up on you. It doesn't mean your day won't come. Your day is really here, if you'll see it as that. <clears throat> so the servant in this case has more wisdom than Saul does, man. You need to realize that excuse makers are quitters at heart. They don't have the heart of a champion. Even though Saul has come from champion stock, he does that is not developed in him yet, man. Saul had probably done this before. But this time, God doesn't take any nonsense from him. 
This time is no time for excuses because this time is a pivotal time in Israel's history. We don't know the times and seasons that are in God's heart. You don't know what's a crucial time or a pivotal time. But if you will stay faithful no matter what the situation, it doesn't matter if it's crucial or pivotal. You be the same person all the time that you are in, in, in times when you're enjoying the work of God. Be that same person in times when it's boring and, and routine. So, and God wants to reveal Himself to us, but He always does it in our normal routine situations. It's it's never, uh, uh, you know, a a um, a planned thing with God where He takes you high upon a pinnacle or something like that. It's always coming out in the routine things where He sees you being faithful, and He sees you serving, and He sees you doing what you're you're commanded to do. Is when He will reveal Himself to us. So he has a plan for Saul, a much greater plan than Saul ever knows is, is available to him. And so he, he comes out and he begins to unfold his plan for Saul at this point in his life. And so in verse 6 it said, The servant soul said to him, Behold now, there is in this city a man of God, a man held in honor. All that he says surely comes true. Now let us go there. Perhaps he can show us where we should go. So here the servant holds on to the will of God for him. Do you see that with the great ones all the time folks? I don't care what they do in the word of God. There's always somebody of lesser stature than they. That God will send with a message because they are faithful. In other words, in crucial times, God will use whomever he can as a mouthpiece to keep you on track. He'll speak to you through the wallpaper. He'll speak to you through the uh, some crazy commercial or something like that. He'll get you to reflect on something. Or you say, God, are you talking to me through this? You know, he, he tries more than we know he tries to keep us on the right road. He really, really does. He doesn't want anybody to quit and give up especially if you've gone through the boredom and the tedium of, of chasing your donkeys you know you've been faithful you've invested all of that why should he let you disconnect and let go and lose everything uh, that quickly so God then fights for us to hold us in place amen that he fights for us greatly to hold us in place so so Saul is still stalling got me he's a master staller he says, I don't know where these donkeys are. Let's go home because my daddy, my daddy's worried about me. You know, my daddy's rich and he signs your paycheck and all that kind of stuff. But people who have a mandate from God don't care who's saying what to whom. Once they've heard from God, they're faithful to God's message. Thank God for servants who don't change their, don't change their words based on somebody else somewhat with authority manipulating them out of it. See, Saul's trying to manipulate this man out of the will of God. This servant is under orders from Saul's father to find these donkeys like Saul is. He says, we got to find this. Your daddy told me to come out here with you to find it. And we're not going to quit until we've exhausted all avenues to get the job done. You need to be under people like that. Who will not quit until you've exhausted all avenues to get the job done. More people, you know, quit serving God because they don't know how to fight that quit thing that gets in them. 
and then the person in authority tries to get them to disconnect from the quitting and they disconnect from that person you see and disconnect from God because see what you really need is somebody who's going to tell you listen God's giving you a mandate here you've got to hold on look at all that you've done for God and then people when they get that 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 pride in them and that fear and all that stuff mixed up together and they just are angry at everybody who tries to tell them to continue because they made up a lot their minds a long time ago they're not they're they feel they're doing too much for God already you see, they feel that God's too demanding. I'm not getting anything out of this. You know, I'm, I ask him, I said, who are you going to serve, Allah? He don't have nothing for you. You're going to be a Muslim now? You can't escape God. You can't escape him. Where are you going to go? So you might as well get on back and find out how to get a word to find the next place where you're supposed to be and move on. So the servant then becomes the voice of God for him, becomes the conscience of God. People who know how to follow orders and just have a mandate from God, those are the best people to be around. Trust me, because they're never going to quit. They're going to keep digging. They're going to keep pulling. They're going to keep... I've noticed that people who don't have that in them, if they have a quit point, eventually they leave my life. You got me? They do. God just, and some of them, you know, you try to hold on to them. You know, I've had people that worked with us in the conferences for years, ministers, and, oh yeah, we, you know, what are we doing this time? You know, as long as it's wonderful for them, they want to be involved, but something happens in their life and they feel that they don't want to do this anymore and you can't find them. Well, you got to let them go, you know, because God has, but he, because God does not want weakness built into something that he's working on. And so these people get weak. They don't want to do it anymore. They want to follow God. They like the world now. All this kind of stuff. You have to let them go on their way. And make room for strength in your life. Just make room for, for a, a somebody to come in with a kick butt attitude. That we're going to get this out of the way. And we're going to move on. We're going to be stable in it. And we're going to be strong in it. And so the servant then takes control of this hunt. Before he's just been there serving Saul, because that's how Saul rolls. Now he don't go nowhere. <laughs> it's funny, <clears throat> but he he has this thing in him that he only goes so far. You can't have that when you serve God. You've got to be willing to go all the way. So Saul said to his servant, "If we go, oh oh yeah, this man of God, he can help us out, but." But, 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 and but. People who have quit in them will give you many, many buts. Uh-huh. This is where they're like the donkey. You know, they'll, donkeys buck everything. They kick everything. If they get tired of you, they'll just kick you right out of the way. And so Saul, he said, if we go, what shall we bring the man? The bread in our sacks is gone. And there is no gift for the man of God. What have we? Now, come on, Saul. Your daddy's rich. You tell me you got nothing to offer the man of God? Huh? He got something. He just don't want to give it up. But the servant. Servant always has an answer. <clears throat> servant of God is always resourceful. The servant said, I have here a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. 
In other words, Saul, you don't want to contribute to this. You don't want to give anything in the offering yourself. God's given me money. I'll give it. I'll give it for you. I'll give it instead of you. See, there are people who will continue to give and sow 